You're listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where this year we will cover all the Oscar movies. Or my name's not Jeff, and my name is Jeff, so I just made a promise. Today, we are going to be talking about a movie that, as of the time of recording, had not yet won the BAFTA for Best Film, but uh, as of the time of release, has in fact won the BAFTA Award for Best Film this year at the 2023 BAFTAs. This is all quiet on the Western Front. Maybe disappointingly, we didn't have like a lot to say about this movie. This is one of our shorter episodes, but I do think that it's one of maybe our more efficient episodes too. Like there wasn't a lot of volume to what we were saying, but we did get to pack a lot of meaning in there. I am mostly pretty happy with this conversation and I hope that you will be too. There's one very big spoiler if you're worried about that in this episode and it is marked directly before I say like for a full minute, you know, this is about to be spoilers. This is a big spoiler. This is the biggest spoiler. So you will be warned. And other than that, I hope you enjoy today's episode. You are about to hear a a little bit of the soundtrack from All Quiet on the Western Front. This is Remains by Volker Bertelmann. Listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live. Pierre, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. I just went for a run because last night I stayed up late to watch the latest Best Picture nominee that we have watched, that we're watching, which is called All Quiet on the West Western Front. Yeah, Western. I was going to say, a lot of people go for a run in that one too, but uh, yeah. it doesn't end well for all <laughs> of them. That's true, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the, what, nine nominees for Best Picture? Okay. 10. 10. 10. And it's, yeah. it's a Netflix movie. It's in German. I didn't I didn't realize it would be in German. So that's kind of cool. I don't know if it's a German made movie like. No, it is. It's, oh, it's okay, a cool. German production. This was actually the uh, international feature submission from Germany. So it's also up for in- best international feature from Germany. Oh, perfect. It's not exactly like a long tradition now. But over the last couple of years, the Oscars have been very much more willing to uh nominate international features in best picture which i think is just a very cool thing you know we had parasite there was roma before that uh i don't think another round got nominated in best picture but it did get a lot of nominations outside of best international feature so i I think that's just a cool trend you got a best director right or was it it got a best uh, director okay yeah 
I think it might have been best cinematography too there. Possibly. I know maybe? it was okay. the two for sure, and maybe another one. Okay. Yeah, that's great, I think. I mean, after watching this movie, this this definitely deserves to be up there. I mean, especially considering it's a war movie and the Oscars like war movies. Um, yeah, I was I was reminded a lot of 1917 for this one. Yeah. Mostly just because it's a World War One movie that takes place in 1917. But like, you know, there are similarities beyond that. For sure, yeah. Well, wait, was 19... Oh, yeah, I'm stupid. I was going to say, is 1917 World War Two or One? But then... I just realized the title. I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. It would be very funny if there was a movie called 1917 that took place entirely in 1943. <laughs> just to mess with people. <laughs> or would you want to tell us a bit about what this movie's about? So this movie, as it says in the epilogue of this movie, this movie is about the Western Front, Germany's Western Front during the First World War, which... Very, very early on, Germany sent like a bunch of soldiers there to try and like advance in towards France and then just sort of stagnated. Ground was gained and lost, but really it was like a couple of hundred meters at a time. Germany never really got very far on the Western Front. So um, this, this is about some of the soldiers that go to the Western Front essentially just to die. Uh, the name of this movie in German is actually, it's not a pun really, but it's kind of like dark humor because the name of this, uh, if you translate the name of this movie literally from German, it's nothing new in the West, which is like, yeah, there's nothing new in the West because nothing ever happens there. Just a bunch of people die all the time and then we send more people there. So it's like, it's like a very dark joke is what the actual title of this movie is, which I think is like kind of funny in a, I don't know how to react to that. Cause it's like kind of funny, but it's also like really morbid. Yeah. I, I guess it's kind of a, uh, I, well, it's a, a reference to kind of the clim- a climatic moment in the movie um, mm-hmm. too. In a, in a, I know, in a very literal way in this movie, right? I, I think I read in the book it's not quite as literal. I think they say the words, those words, right? Towards the end? I don't fully remember, but okay. I it sounds familiar. Yeah. I know that they definitely say something like it, because I remember in the subtitle, like, I watch, when I rewatched this, I watched it unsubtitled. So, like, I, I wasn't listening for quite the same things. But I remember in the subtitles at one point, it just actually says that. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe it was like a Netflix saw like a cool opportunity to, to write the title in the subtitles, even though they didn't say anything like it. I don't speak German, so I can't confirm. It's it's like a very much a war movie, if that makes like there's there's not really it's kind of like 1917, I guess, where there's not really much of a a plot. It's more like watching these guys go through the events of an, a war. And mm-hmm. seeing how it affects them, basically, um, which is I think it's great. I'm like I noticed in these war movies, they they do usually seem to cast people that we don't really know. I mean, maybe these guys are big in Germany, but I've never heard of or seen them before, and I think that helped a lot. The only person that I recognized was Daniel Bruhl, because of course I'd recognize Daniel Bruhl. But most of the other people were like young actors, and the main actor for this. I believe this is his first big role. Like he might have been in one other movie, but like maybe. I don't even know yeah. if I if he's actually been in another movie yet. 
Yeah, but he does a really good job of selling, you know, just the very lost person that he is for most of the movie, you know, mm -hmm. and the loss of innocence, I guess. Does this movie, like, really do anything special, like, in your opinion, in, in terms of adding to the war movie genre? No, I actually didn't like this movie very much. Oh, okay. I thought it was, uh, <laughs> I thought it was, like, for me, this movie is very effective at getting across the point of war is bad. And, like, I'm not going to take that away from it. I don't think it's lazy in that regard or anything. But I don't think it, like, I don't think it says anything particularly special, personally. Mm. And I, I've heard I've heard lots of people say that it, in fact, does. And I don't know what I'm missing. Because, to me, there's that loss of innocence that I've seen in other movies. And this one does it very well. But, like, I don't know what it does differently. I felt this was a little better the second time I saw it, but the first time I saw it, I couldn't connect to any of the characters really. And the brutal trench warfare is, I don't know, that's the bread and butter of war movies. Again, it's not like I've necessarily seen it better elsewhere, but it's not adding anything in my opinion. And like, I'm definitely curious to hear what you think because I think when I was watching this movie, I'm just missing something. I don't know what it is, but like, there's just something that I'm not getting. Yeah, I, I think, well, I mean, the very concept of the movie is like the fact that there is no real story. Like, it's just depicting a cycle more than like a story. Yeah. You know? So I, I think that kind of, that really limits it in terms of what the movie can do plot wise. So it, it does feel like just kind of a slow slow dark trudge towards a like like death i guess you know I mean, like you said like there was no shortage of horrifying scenes in the trenches where i think you can very it's not it's not very hard to depict horribleness in those scenes because like it, it very it was very horrible back then yeah so it feels it feels it does feel a little cheap I, I think the movie makes up for it in terms of it does i think add more context to this idea that I haven't personally seen in other war movies where, I mean, I to be fair, I haven't seen that many war movies, but like, for example, in something like 1917, like that, that was like a, a very small snapshot where I feel like this, I love the, I love the start of this movie where I actually didn't know this, but like how they would, they were taking the uniforms from the dead soldiers from before and basically mm -hmm. washing them and then fixing them up and then giving them to new troops, which is, and not telling them like these, these were worn by old soldiers like that, that idea that that did feel a little fresh in terms of like, it's, it's a very obvious, but realistic attempt at showing how the war wasn't so much a war of passion. It was more like, at least that battle was more of a war of, it's like a factory war. In terms of they were just churning out as many people as possible to die um, for the like the glory, quote unquote, of war that didn't end up really existing in any way. There's a really cool scene, like the scene you're talking about. I really like that scene because what happens is the guy who's in charge of giving out uniforms gives a uniform to, I think it's the main character. He gives a uniform to Paul and... Paul starts walking away and he looks at the uniform and he sees a name tag and he brings it back and he says, ah, I'm sorry, this one's already taken. And the guy looks at it and he goes, huh, looks like it didn't fit that guy. Tears off the name tag and gives it back, which I think is like, when I think of this movie, all the parts of it that I like are 
kind of jokes, but they're they're not funny because it's not a funny movie. But like, you know, the fact that the movie is all like the fact that the literally the title of the movie is "There's Nothing New in the West." Uh, that scene right there is like kind of a guy making a joke to obscure to conceal the fact that this is a person that died and they're reclaiming the uniform. I like all of those little touches of just like, they kind of sell it as go and fight for the glory of your country. But then they turn around and like, it's, it's just a factory thing. They just hand you your uniform, send them out, bring your uniform back when you die. And like, I really like how this movie depicts sort of that dishonesty that's there. Cause it's yeah. just like the, the people in power are never in any danger in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not a, like even the, per, even the biggest war Hawk, well, especially the biggest war Hawk in this movie is he's, he never sees a bullet, like just doesn't even, he, he doesn't even like touch a weapon or anything because he doesn't have to. It's it, he's, he's got fellas that'll do that for him. And I think that like, that is kind of what this movie does best. You know, like I said earlier, it's not that other movies don't do it, don't do it as well, but this movie really is very good at just like that, at showing that separation between the people that actually have to fight in the war and how they really don't want to be there and their life really sucks. And the other people who are like concerned about honor and glory and don't ever have to see any action. Yeah, the contrast, like, that's what I also like, the contrast with the the, the treaty signing thing, uh, scenes and how all those guys were, like, their war was sitting in a boardroom for five minutes and one of them being like, I don't want to agree to your terms because they make us look stupid, something like that, <laughs> even though they acknowledge that the end result is they would lose the war anyways and those things would happen, except the only difference is that a few million people would die um, yeah. in the meantime, you know. So, yeah, like, it doesn't really add anything new. I think the contrasting of, like, the points of view and the con- the further context that it gives kind of gives us more of a whole picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, I, I think the war scenes themselves, like, the, the scenes in the war were really well done. I think the cinematography in this movie is amazing. Like, I don't know who this guy is, but he felt, like, I feel like I haven't seen a movie this beautiful i say beautiful but like i was watching people burn alive i like beautiful as in like just really well shot since like this is like it reminds me of something that would be filmed by who's the guy that's really 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 good uh (laughs) there's there's a lot of them the guy the guy he did he shot 1917 too oh you're thinking of roger deakins yeah this this felt like a really like like on that level you know or like an okay I'd agree on that level, but I don't think, I think it definitely didn't feel like a Roger Deakins movie though. Yeah. Yeah. It was shot. I, it was, it was shot pretty differently. I loved, I'm a sucker for symmetrical shots. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and it it had a lot of those (laughs) in random parts and, and also like, it was just very fluid camera movement and like all the, like the color grading was really, really well done. Yeah. So like stuff like that was really well done. I thought all the, like all the effects, like this never felt like a cheap movie in any way, which really surprised me. Like I've seen a lot of Netflix blockbusters where it's like very obviously shot on a budget, but this like surprisingly, I don't know if this was produced by Netflix or maybe Netflix bought it from a German production company, but it was 
very, very uh, well done production wise as well. Also, shockingly, the budget of this is $20 million, which seems like not that much. Like this looks really good for a $20 million movie. Yeah, like, I, I mean, especially considering like there was like a lot of action scenes like this was not a cheap not a cheap movie into like they didn't they didn't restrain from any action for the movie in any way so like that's really impressive and i think it really shows mm-hmm. that like like production design and visual effects can look really good on a budget and i think we're you know this is like another prime example of that working really well i i'm guessing there was probably vfx in this too but like very subtly so mm-hmm. uh, yeah it was really well done that way as well and i thought the main like obviously we're never supposed to like we don't really get many moments to truly connect with the main cast, but I thought they all had kind of like their own little personal moments. And uh, you do like you don't you don't feel like it doesn't feel like one of those movies where you're like truly losing one of your friends, but you you do feel through the main character of like you saw all these five guys come in and they were so excited to to fight and the you know them slowly disappearing in different ways was like it was a very s- stressful but like. Like some of the moments were kind of beautiful in a way, like mm-hmm. in a, it was like beautifully terrifying if that makes sense. Um, yeah, like that one guy with uh, it seemed like he he really he really always uh wanted to go back to a, a woman or something like someone, or fall in love with a girl, you know, and he thought the war would get like get him to fall in love, like find a girl to fall in love with, but. So then he ends up carrying around that little leaflet of a girl that he finds at like a, a train station or something. And I thought that was yeah. like, it was, it was one of those moments he said was like, it's, it was kind of funny, but also like really sad in a way. It was like a very dark humor moment where it's like a really cute thing in like a really dark movie. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I did like, he puts it up in the trench beside him and I liked how his friend, like, despite being in the middle of, like, like possibly dying in a second, he looks at his friend like, what, what are you doing? This is so weird. Like, why would you bring that picture with you? And then it comes back a couple of times. Like, you see that picture a few more times, too. Yeah, like, it, just to, like, signify his presence, I guess. Or the presence lost, you know. Mm-hmm. And same thing with, like, I, I was reading, there was some complaints about the way, I can't remember what his name is, but there's a guy who... In one of the scenes, he steals a goose from a farmer. Yep. And the farmer starts shooting at him and he gets away. And then he tries to do it a second time and it doesn't go as well. And I remember reading that in the book, it's a lot different where I think he dies in the war as well, but in like a a much more tragic way, if that makes sense. But I thought this was because I think it seemed like everyone just kind of I liked how everyone died in very odd ways. Like to me. Some people were saying robbing the goose from the farmer and potentially like risking his life, even though he had a family, was like very out of character. But I thought it, it felt like one of those moments where it was like the only time he ever had fun in the war. You know, it was like one mm-hmm. of those beautiful moments. And further, when we go further into movie, it, I think there felt like a need to recapture like any type of humanity they had left. And that included like, you know, like just trying to have fun for once. And I thought that was a really beautifully tragic moment as well where the farmer's son ends up dealing with him and i guess you could you could you could argue that it was stuff like that that you could see this there there was commentary in the movie of like how like every the soldiers views were like really narrowed going into the war and you don't you stop seeing the other side as people and that anger and that 
resentment kind of fed into World War II as well, I think. Because there was kind of there was kind of hints of uh why World War II happened in this movie at the same time. Even mm-hmm. it, it felt like it felt like a Marvel movie where they're like setting up a sequel like through a couple of hints or something, but in fact World War II did happen. So I, I like stuff like that. Yeah. Like those little mm-hmm. touches. So, like, you already talked a little bit about the cinematography and uh, the effects on this, but what did you think of the score? Oh, I, I thought it was really good. It was very, I mean, from what I thought, it was very minimalist, right? It was, like, yeah, it, it had, like, a lot of, like, it was very minimalist, and also it was, like, I think it was all synthesizers. Like, it would just pop in at not random, but random-seeming moments with, like, really loud blasts of synthesizers. <laughs> I, I remember it mostly at the start. I, I feel like it, it came back once in a while. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was it felt very mechanical, I guess, which which is what the movie was aiming for. Like you didn't get those those usual like war trumpets, I guess, that you might see in like a war movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, it was comparing it in my head a lot to um to nineteen seventeen, which had a great score, but it's like a very epic score. And like it's it's always there. It's always like sort of punctuating anything the characters are doing. And it's this big orchestral, really cool thing. But this one was like, it was very mechanical and it really it really like emphasized those themes of this uh of this particular fight they were in being like a factory war. Because it just felt so impersonal and it felt so cold and mechanical, even the score. I don't know. I think that the this movie, when it touches on those themes of, I think everything in this movie sort of works towards driving home its themes of, well, I mean, I keep coming back to it, but like this factory war concept. Yeah, for sure. I specifically remember that part of the score at the start when they are like, like knitting the uniforms back together and like recycling the boots and like getting the new troops lined up for the next wave of new recruits to the front lines like yeah and i I think this like that further kind of solidifies how this movie does kind of do the war thing differently because I, i think with other with some other war movies there's still like this epic like quest if that makes sense like in 1917 it's like i guess you could argue like the movie kind of tries to portray it as like kind of ridiculous in like a war sense but it's still like mm-hmm. like it's epically shot and like you have that bombastic music and these like these huge set pieces at some parts and then you could look at other movies like saving private ryan where they're like you know on a quest to find what was it private it was it was to find Pri- ryan, private right? ryan yeah 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 it was like it like and again like these movies same thing with dunkirk where there's that whole like they're trying to save the the soldiers with those boats and stuff like there are heroic moments in those movies and there's like there's like a war is ugly section to it but there's also heroes in the in these movies you know Mm -hmm. and this movie like completely threw all those concepts away it was a very raw because even like the french in this they weren't heroes like like well first of all i think it was really cool to to look at this from the point of view of the germans because you know, I, I don't. I don't actually think I've seen a, a war movie where the the Germans. I mean, I'm sure there's they've been made before, but like a war movie where the Germans are seen as the protagonist. 
I'm just going to shout out my favorite war movie, Das Boot. It is six hours long, but it's uh, also from the point of view of the Germans in World War II. And it has a uh, it has a very, very, very dark ending. It is not pro-Germany in World War II, but those are the main characters. But it's also six hours long, so. I, I cannot guarantee I'll watch the six-hour movie, but I will. I might read the summary of it, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, it's still enlightening, because I think the closest I, I might have seen to something like this is uh, Jojo Rabbit in terms of, you know, looking at the German side of things. But I think Jojo Rabbit still, like, it, it was, like, from the point of view of, like, a confused, innocent child, right? Yeah. So I think it... it, it it kind of eased the point of like, this isn't a bad guy. This is just a kid. Mm-hmm. Whereas these guys, like, I don't think they're bad guys either. They're just 18 year olds that were raised to want to think war is beautiful. And, and then they're thrown into a war that they don't know, like, why they're really there, honestly. Early on in the movie, like, they're not even 18. One of them might be, but they faked their ages to sign up for this war because they were that excited for it. It's very subtle in this particular movie. I think it's a lot more explicit in other versions of this, in like other adaptations of this story. But the, uh, yeah, they, they're not 18. Like they're actually too young to be in the war and they just sign up anyway because they're that excited to be there. Yeah, so I mean like that that aspect itself is just crazy. It's, it's really cool to look at in terms of like it, it humanizes... I, th- I think it's like, for me, it's the only war movie I've seen where it humanizes the German soldiers and highlights the probably true fact that a lot of them didn't really understand what they were getting into. And they were just part of a larger system of people that were probably much more evil telling them what to do. And I mean, when you see the officers, the officers don't actually have to fight. So most of them also just buy into the propaganda. Like they're the ones that are concerned about an honorable death and glory and all and dying in battle and stuff like that. And like, they can do that. And they can say that that's what people want because they don't have to deal with what that means. And like, when you're not in the war yet, as the people in this movie weren't before they signed up, they can think that too. The propaganda wants you to be in the war. So of course it's going to make it seem like a really cool time. But then when they get there, then, you know, they're kind of trapped. Yeah. So, like, I think it just shows that it's the two sides that are fighting a, a pointless war over, like, a couple of meters of ground. None of them are actually really evil. They're they're just there because they were told to be there. Yeah. And they're told to fight. And, like, the real villains, like, you could argue, are just ev- everyone that's taking so long to sign that treaty. Because, like, even, even the French there, like, I, I think it was that the French that insisted... They, they stopped the war at 11, 11 a.m. on the 11th day of November or something like that. Yes. Yeah, which is like, you know, it's quite a ridiculous concept because as we can see in the movie, more people died just because they wanted it to sound cool. Yeah. The what French a, in this case. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool symbolic thing, but it also meant that a couple more, a couple hundred or a couple thousand more people got to die. And like, this is very much a spoiler. So if anyone is worried about spoilers for this movie, this is the one, this is the big one. It's another thing that I like in this movie, sort of, sort of that dark, really, really dark humor of the main character dies at 10.59 a.m. Like he's stabbed through the heart and then he's gonna die. And then he hears the people say, hey, 
ceasefire. It's 11. We're friends now. Yeah, it's it's like a little on the nose, but it is a moment that I, I do kind of like to. It mm-hmm. embraces the end of it and like the concept of the movie, I guess. It's a kind of corny, but it's like it's OK. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't I don't really know. Like it, it's a very straightforward, solid movie. I think that it it very well portrays what it's trying to portray, I guess. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I would I would mostly agree. I just like I don't know. I think for me, this is a much this is a much cooler movie to talk about than it was to watch because I just I used to like war movies a lot, or at least I used to think I did. But like, I don't know if I like war movies that much. I think it's just I am fully on this movie's side of war is bad. And I understand what it's trying to say. And I can appreciate the ways, especially after talking about it, in which it like tries to say that point a little bit differently than other movies do. But like, we still have war. War is still bad. And like, I don't know what this is really adding. So I can appreciate that it's a good movie, but I still don't like it that much. I guess for me, what I take away from it is, because like the important part to me was how it highlights that contrast of power and the propaganda system. I, I guess it for me, it shows me that that problem is still there and that just because like the media or like I believe someone is my enemy that doesn't mean they actually like are evil or whatever Mm -hmm. and that there's usually powers that are out of our control that are telling us that we should hate someone else when in fact we really shouldn't Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess you could say the same thing I mean like it is kind of frightening how it, it sounds like a lot of what the movie portrayed is exactly what Russia has been doing to their troops, where they're basically sending very young people to the front lines um, who have no why, or I guess who are trained to believe that Ukraine is evil and they were brought to the front lines. They don't really know what's happening either, but I feel like a lot of people might assume that any Russian soldier is, is an evil person, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, propaganda is a hell of a drug. Yeah, and I, but I mean, like, I wouldn't even say it on Russia's side. Like, I could say it on our side as well. Yeah. In terms of how we view all Russians, and, and except for, or instead of as we should see the few Russians in power that are actually controlling the events that are happening. So. Yeah. Again, it's the people who don't actually have to go and fight that you know can make all the decisions, and they don't care because it doesn't affect them. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's ironic. Like, I guess it. I, how I would sum the movie up is that the nicest people end up doing the ugliest things in the war and the the evilest people end up um, portrayed as doing nice things, if that makes sense. Well, they're no, the ones that end up the I... heroes afterwards because like, I don't know, this yeah, movie doesn't. Well, yeah, this movie doesn't have a sequel and it probably won't. But like after the war has ended. Daniel Bruhl, who was was a cool guy in this movie, but like he's the one that's gonna get the credit for having like helped make that treaty work out. And everyone that was in that train are the people that are gonna get the credit for ending that battle or potentially ending the war. Which like cool, but now what about the millions of people that died in the trenches who no one is gonna care about anymore now? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's I think that's the strength of this movie and I, I think, like, I personally don't really like war movies anymore either. I feel like this honestly kind of gave me everything I needed I could get from a war movie. So, yeah, I don't know. I hope this doesn't become a 
uh, a very huge trend for the future. If, if <laughs> that's all I can really say, because it, it it is kind of a tired concept, and it feels like like you said, it it feels like it's been done before. It feels kind of Oscar Beatty. I you didn't say that. I guess I'm saying that now, and like I understand, I guess why there are like the flaw. I guess the flaws in this movie are outside of. It's more like the just the the concept in general is a little tired at this point. Yeah, I really do think this is a very well made movie. But I mean, that's that's what I can say about it. It is very very well made, and like it's up right now for best picture, best adapted screenplay. Best International Feature Film, Best Original Score, Sound, Production Design, Cinematography, Makeup and Hairstyling, and Visual Effects. Every one of those that's a technical category, I fully agree with. And the ones that aren't technical categories, I also get. You know, Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and International Feature Film. Yeah, I get it. Score, Sound, Production Design, Cinematography, Makeup and Hairstyling, and Visual Effects. I would put it there too for all of those. Yeah, I'd say it's on a great spot to win a lot of awards at the Oscars, mm -hmm. for sure. I highly doubt Best Picture, but I wouldn't be mad. I think this was definitely like one of at least the top five movies I've seen this year, personally. In terms of quality, I guess. I don't know if I'd say it's like my top five favorite. It's a very it's a very hard movie to watch. So Yeah, it's it's a lot. But anyway, what would you what would you say if you if you were putting a rating on on All Quiet on the Western Front by Edward Berger? I'd say a solid, solid eight for me. Nice. I'm going to put it at a strong six for me. I liked it more than I didn't like Great. it, but like, I mean, I've already said kind of my piece about it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. How, how many Oscar movies do we have left now? So of the best picture nominees on this show, we still have not yet talked about Women Talking and Tar, and that might oh, okay. be it. It might just be Tar and Women Talking. Perfect. And I believe that that is, it's very possible that we could finish those but before the Oscars. There's not yeah, that much time left, sure. but like there's only two movies left. We got it. Easy. All right. Okay. Well, what's our last word? Ooh.